0: You know, when you're younger, uh, you know, I'll I'll, I'll talk about myself. So, you know, in your 20s, you almost feel like you shouldn't say, I don't know, or um, you feel, you know, I don't know if shy is the right word, but you feel like you're disadvantaged if you have a public display of like not knowing something. Well, what you realize is you get a bit older and I think is super, super important. There's a lot of power, a lot of power in saying, I don't know. And I think one of the things I remember hearing, you know, from somebody, you know, again, maybe 20 years ago, Hey man, like you're going to be an expert. You just need to know like 1% more than the next person to be quote unquote an expert. I hate that. I think that's totally, (laughs) that's just totally false, man. Like there's so much to learn and there's so many amazing experiences out there to learn from and people and, you know, writings and books that it's actually a gift not to know. And to, and the more you say that, like, and I do it now, like I'll do it with my team. I'll do it with my sons, man. I'll do it every day. Like, I I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Let me, let me, let me, let me me think about that.
1: I don't know what to tell you guys, man. Big time entrepreneurs make big time podcasts. Shout out to all the Who fans out there. Listen, today, as you can probably tell, we had Drew Green from Indochino on. Drew is a monster entrepreneur, maybe one of the best, biggest, most successful entrepreneurs and CEOs we've had on the ThinkSpace podcast. Um, Yeah, chief executive officer, president, director of Indochino. Indochino is literally the fastest, largest quickest growing uh, online retailer there is in the world taking a you know they innovated a whole business and drew took it over in two thousand and fifteen uh, as he calls it in a restart and it's literally sixth X to the company uh, since then now they have you know over I think fifty five or sixty showrooms across the across North America and uh, they're growing incredibly drew raised over a hundred million dollars uh, in long term capital a hundred million that's a huge number um, and he's formed strategic partnerships with huge brands, you know, whether that's brands over in China, whether that's post-media, um, various other venture partners, and he's really gone big fast. Uh, he's, you know, uh, an Entrepreneur of the Year by Ernest and Young. Like he's very has very high credentials and uh, is very well recognized. So I don't have to, uh, I'll, I won't overstate that anymore. But what we talked about in this conversation was about. Yeah, about business, but more about philosophy, his way of thinking, how he approaches parenthood and what his priorities are, how he goes into decision-making processes, how he segments and compartmentalizes his day, and how he goes about leading this team, what actually matters to him. So really getting inside the head of one of the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet Um very exciting. And it's not just his success is not limited to one company. You know, he's been a part of whether that's a shareholder, a founder, um, a board member an executive of 25 companies that have been in, in industries across the board. So this guy is someone who goes out and gets it done continuously. So incredibly, incredibly grateful to have him on. Drew, thank you so much. Here's our conversation. The ThinkSpace podcast is a home for the passionately curious. We aim to dig deep and learn as much as possible by connecting the right questions with the right people. So we bring in some of the best minds in the Pacific Northwest, regardless of their industry, to extract the most value from their stories and experiences. Yes, you're going to get something from this episode, which is good. Or you could get something from every episode we release by subscribing on whichever platform you're listening on. You can find the full show notes at thinkspacepodcast.com or have the visual experience of this podcast over on YouTube. If you want to get looped into some exclusive content or private giveaways, join our mailing list. The link's in the description. Okay, we're live. Mr. Drew Green, welcome to the ThinkSpace podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really freaking appreciate it. Joining us from a home office?
0: Uh, you know what? I am in the office. Um, the office. Yeah, our headquarters here in Vancouver, and just in my office uh, for this really exciting uh, window of time with you today. So appreciate you having me on, and and so thank you very much. I love it,
1: man. First things first, for all the video uh, for all the video listeners and people who are out there on YouTube. What is in the background here? Because it seems like some some big time stuff. We got the National Post, various news, uh, you know, news yeah. publications. We have signed T shirts. What's going on here?
0: Yeah, there's you know a lot of a lot of things uh, are going on here, um, you know, Full that's scope. Kind of a, a bit of a spinorama, but, uh, you know, in front of me, I've got all the, the major, uh, you know, partnerships that we've signed through the years, uh, signed by our partners and myself. So, you know, Diang, uh, Post Media, Mitsui, Yankees, RJ Barrett, and on and on and on. And I think the company's had about 3,000 uh, articles written over ri- written about the company wow. uh, over the last five years. And so I've just picked some of my more favorite ones. So, you know, in the New York Times, uh, Globe and Mail, Esquire, GQ, uh, and on and on. And, uh, and then some, you know, some personal stuff like those two uh, pictures of Popeye and uh, up there in the corner, those are... Uh, pieces of art I bought my son in Tribeca when we lived there, and I'm a huge Yankees uh, fan and supporter. And so, you got some of the guys who came in to get suited, signed some t shirts for my, or some, some dress shirts for my sons.
1: That's pretty damn cool. Uh, Indochino has done some major partnerships. Some people uh, in the world say that that's been a huge, a huge keystone in how you guys have scaled to the level that you've scaled because you've done these incredible strategic partnerships. But we'll get into all that a little bit later. What I love, if from your point of view, as someone that's manned Indochino, which is so much more than you know the largest custom apparel and fastest growing custom apparel company in the world. What, what, what is Indochino to you on like a, on a massive scale? What does it mean to you? How is it developed and how is it positioned now in your life?
0: Yeah, I think it's, I think, so it's such a good question. I I think for, for me, you know, it's the same thing. It was when I, when I contemplated, you know, coming on board and, and, you know, have kind of referred to as restarting the business, I think you know, I saw an opportunity to inspire uh, a generation, you know, a generation of men, um, you know, to dress for their weddings, their big date, uh, their first job or their fifth job, um, you know, for a family event or, 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 anywhere in between. And that word inspire is really meaningful to me. I've, I've tried to live a life uh, that is inspired and, you know, again, when I looked at the opportunity with Indochino and sort of turning a a niche brand into what's now, you know, becoming a global brand, uh, that opportunity to inspire uh, through our product, um, through our partnerships, through our people, um, through the experience that we deliver uh, really meant a lot to me. and, And I think powered a lot of you know my 70 hour weeks and 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 helping you know work alongside the 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 hundreds if not thousands of people that have helped build this brand so
1: this episode is brought to you by Self Hired. Self Hired, if you don't know, is a content studio that specializes in video production, as well as photography and yes, podcast production. So if you are an individual, or you are a head of a company, or a marketing manager, or a content manager at a company that's thinking about one of the most powerful mediums in 2020 and want to start a podcast, uh, give the fellas over at Self-Hired, a call that you can reach them at selfhired.com or info at selfhired.com if you want to blast them an email. Thank you guys so much. And here's to the episode. Totally, man. Yeah, I mean, wearing a suit is just a different type of feeling. Empowerment is a different type of feeling. I think you being able to empower, um, yeah, like your everyday Joe but also on a level, it's very interesting as I see you've worked with, you know, these major megastar athletes, RJ Barrett comes to mind. When I see him and when you formed your partnership, which is not where I want to go with this conversation, but so interesting, just as a reflection, at that point in which you guys, you know, really formed your partnership when he was with New York and these different types of things, you really saw RJ Barrett take a step in maturity. Mm. Is that is that is that is there when you work with your with your stars or your sponsorships or your partners, what 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 is your relationship with them outside of whatever's on the contract? How do you treat partners, whether that's stars like RJ Barrett or larger organizations like uh, Postmates?
0: Yeah, I think so. Really good observations there. I think for me, um, you know, one of the really important things that I've always kind of lived by is. You know everybody you treat everybody the same so whether you're a you know a budding nba star you own the yankees or you know you're helping organize and clean up the office um you know i think you'll find you get treated the same way uh for me and 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 my family my boys that's that's the way we live i think for for rj that's an interesting um you know observation i I don't know that we can take any credit, uh, as he's maturing as a man, and as a, as a player, but everything we do has kind of a story to it. Um, really, really does. And, 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 a, and to me, a meaningful story that, uh, you know, is important in terms of that word inspiration, um, or, you know, some of the values that, that we and I hold dearly, you know, RJ, uh, his father, uh, I've known now for, uh, a long time, 30 years, Wow, probably more than thirty years. Actually, used to dunk on me when I was when I was uh, a oh, young yeah. man. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, but we grew up in Scarborough together uh, in the same neighborhood, Kingston Galloway, which um, you know is a pretty underprivileged, pretty rough uh, part of the city. Um, you know, and I always, I, you know, I didn't know Rowan that well. Uh, he was a couple years older than me. Um, unbelievable athlete, but I always kind of looked across you know, the court. And I just, you know, even as a young man, I just remember, wow, this is, this is a, this is a dude that, you know, super talented, but there's just something different about him. He, he, you know, he works hard. He doesn't take his talents for granted. Um, And of course, you know, Rowan went on to do some, some really great things and then now is, you know, running the national team. Um, So it kind of started there, right? Like my, my, my respect, I would say for Rowan, uh, sort of led me to see if there was something we could do with the family. And it's always, you know, a partnership is always more than one person, um, you know. And so our partnership with RJ, I can, I kind of figure, you know, it, it, I kind of look at it as, as more of a partnership with the family. Wow. And, you know, we've been really lucky. We saw a lot of uh, greatness in RJ, not just on the court, but, you know, he's somebody that's always held himself to a high standard off the court. Um, and we just, you know, we're really enjoying, uh, the relationship. And, and frankly, I think, you know, the best is yet to come. So, um, it's just a special, it's a special partnership that we're really grateful to, to have. Totally. You talk a lot
1: about, you know, family, kids, your boys coming up are obviously incredibly important to you. Uh, I love seeing all the, the summertime hustling, by the way, <laughs> out here. Summer is very serious. It is. Um, especially in COVID, uh, You spend, you, you seem to spend so much time with your kids. You seem to be working 80 hour works at work days. I got to ask selfish question. How the heck do you structure your days, man? Because that's something I struggle with. And a lot of our listeners struggle with.
0: So I think it's a few things. I think, you know, having your priorities is really important. So, you know, my number one priority is, and will always be, you know, my, my kids and my family. And having that sort of firm number one priority, I think is important, right? Because you can make decisions around it. Do you go for that business dinner? Or do you, you know, make it a breakfast or, or a lunch or a coffee? Um, you know, and so having a priority and having your priorities is really important. Um, I think two other things that are really important to me, and I, you know, there's a lot more that I manage than, than meets the eye uh, in terms of, you know, all the things that we're involved in. But you know, very scheduled. So, you know, I'm up very early. Um, I go to bed super early now. At this at this stage in my uh, business life, and I'm disciplined that way. And and so I start very early in the morning. Um, when I do something, this is the third thing that I think is really important for for everyone. When I'm doing something, so I'm right now. I'm you know doing this podcast with you. That's all I'm thinking about. And that's super, super important when you've got a lot to do or a lot going on or a lot of responsibilities or accountabilities or, or, or are involved and have, are passionate about a lot of different things. And so, you know, it could only be a half an hour call in the day, but whatever that subject matter is, I'm totally in that subject matter. I don't, you know, check my phone. I don't think about my next meeting. I'm, I'm here and I'm, I'm, I'm present. And I think that's really important. Um so yeah.
1: How how do you train that? Because for me it's just I mean I, I've actually I'm going through programs and whatnot try to you know reconstruct my brain into being orientated one task at a time because monotasking is proven to just be inefficient and and running backwards. You yeah. know like when when I'm when you're in a situation like you are like you said you're managing much more than meets the eye multiple different companies and advisories and boards and kids and all that for you to just so like simply be here on a podcast is a feat in itself what's what are the the mental and psychological mechanisms tricks or whatever it is that you i don't know play on yourself or orientate yourself to actually be here because for me i get drawn everywhere constantly
0: so man you you're you're you've got so many great questions here so i think um And I just want to think about it a little bit because I didn't get any of these questions ahead of time, which I love. Um, I think there's a few things. I remember as a kid, uh, you know, certain people would say that I compartmentalize things too much. And I actually think that that's really helped me, right? So compartmentalization, uh, maybe it can be a negative to some people. To me, it's a really important part of who I am and what I do. And so, you know, again, when I'm doing something, if it's shooting with my son, I'm shooting with my son, right? And it makes, you know, if you've got an hour to do that, uh, some people will spend five hours, but it won't be quality because they'll be doing ten other things. And so, so again, I really think that's important. The other thing that I adopted, man, maybe 25 years ago or more, is just I'm very goal oriented. And so, you know, even this morning, and I can't show you it, nor would I, but you know, I've got a spreadsheet that's literally 25 years old it's now you know multiple tabs and really long in length but it tracks all my goals and so not only do i write down my goals and type type them but i update them daily and every morning when i wake up i kind of go through my checklist of you know things that i want to accomplish and so i think being goal-oriented some people disagree but i think goal-oriented being goal-oriented is super important but don't be afraid to track them and don't be afraid to fail because you're not always going to achieve every goal you set sometimes an original goal will lead you to a new goal right and but you've Mm -hmm. got to track and you've got to write down and and even before i go to bed i do it right so i think about the next day i think about what some of the things i want to accomplish and you know uh, we we get after it, man, and and I, the same. This is the same way I run a company. I mean, when we as a management team, we meet every day for an hour. Uh, prior to that, so that's executive management, the leadership team. You know, what's their number one priority for the day? What was it yesterday? What are some victories? So I want people to enjoy the experience because that is the destination. That is the treasure. Um and what are some rocks? So how can I help you? Like what what's going on in your world that's tough? And how can your team, you know, kinda of pick you up? And so I I kinda you know, that's the way we run a company, but that's also the way I run my run my life. So hopefully that answers. Structured.
1: Structured. That's 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 grip that's gripping because I had listened in some of your previous interviews, and you had said that initially, one of the, I won't say goals, but maybe the intentions or the reasons why you went towards entrepreneurship. Um, Would you call yourself a serial entrepreneur?
0: I don't like the word serial. Right. I don't know why. Maybe it's because... I think a serial killer, or I think a <laughs> Lucky Charms. I don't. I don't got it, know. Got oh, it. Got it. Got it.
1: We're not sweet and fruity over here. We're getting no, down to business.
0: Exactly. Got it. Got it. I don't but, know. Serial uh, just seems. cereal also seems laissez-faire. Right. I, I like you know committed entrepreneur or you know dedicated entrepreneur. Cereal just seems too flaky or or free for me.
1: Off the riff. I get yeah, it. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah. Cool. 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 Um, but what I was saying is that uh, you know you had mentioned that freedom was one of the most important things and one of the reasons why you went towards entrepreneurship. And that's cool. That's great. As a young person, I can relate to that. A lot of our listeners can relate to that. But one of the, one of the key points that came to my mind when you said that is, okay, well, Drew values freedom. He values being his own boss. He, he values growing and managing a team. I wonder now... Does he feel a sense of freedom with all of the obligations and commitments that you have? How do you still remain free when you're as successful and as committed as you are?
0: Um, so I think, you know, maybe just to go back to, to, to the origin of that. So the one thing I think is really important for for your listeners or, or for people as they think about their career or think about their entrepreneurial journey You know, I recently had a um, call him uh, someone I know uh, versus a family member, or close friend, someone I know, uh, really, really talented person. Uh, They lost their job. Wow. And, you know, this is a high paying job, something they've gone to school, I think, eight, nine years for. um, And it came as a surprise, right? Because this is a really talented individual. And, you know, now he wants to start a company, which he's going to do and I'm going to help him do. Um, The point being is that whether you are an entrepreneur, quote unquote, and you've started a business or you're partnered and are working to build a business, which I also consider an entrepreneur, the risks are the same. The risks are the same, right? Everybody has the, the sort of the fallacy that, okay, if I get a nine to five, quote unquote, job, Uh, which I don't think any jobs now are nine to five, Um, you know, I'm safe, right? Because I've got a paycheck coming. It's a big company. um, You know, they're making money, all these things versus a startup or mid cap or even a large cap, high growth company. The risks are the same, I think, no matter what. I really do. I mean, I I get the point of, you know, taking out loans or leveraging your house to start a company, all those stories. But at the end of the day, you're going to, Risk is risk, and so, you know, how, how do you deal with risk? How do you deal with stress? Um, those are really, really important skill sets, I think, in life, um, and especially if you're going to be sort of a quote-unquote entrepreneur, because frankly, every day is stressful. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, you know, to me, you know, businesses, all business is, is really solving problems. That's what it is. If you're mm-hmm. starting a company, you've recognized. You know something in the market that you can make better, so you're solving a problem. And then when you get into it, whether it's you know uh, administrative or a bigger issue, every day you're kind of solving problems, and that's and that's what business is. That's what building businesses is, and uh, and super super important. So I don't know if that answers your question in in, in totality, but but some of my thoughts around it.
1: I like it do you still feel a sense of freedom at this stage in your life?
0: Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I, you know, so, and I'm sorry, cause you did use that word and I didn't refer to it directly. So freedom to me is not money related, although you can have, you know, more freedom, uh, the more, um, you know, the more money you have, frankly, but it can also become a burden. Right. And so, how you look at things and what you, how you define freedom is super important, right? For me, freedom is working with the people I want to work with, uh, working on the things that I'm passionate about. That's freedom, right? And and freedom is not retirement. Like right. I don't even yeah. know what freedom. You know, I've tried reti- I tried retiring uh, once in my late 30s, uh, just before I turned 40, and that lasted like a couple months because. That's, that's not freedom, right? Right. Freedom is doing, I, I, for me, the definition of freedom is doing the things that you, that bring you the most joy and happiness and frankly, doing them with people that, you know, you admire or are inspired by. And, uh, you know, I've been in situations where I've been working with people that don't inspire me, um, that I don't admire. And I try to get out of those situations, right. Right. Uh, Because that's not freedom. That is an eloquent answer and beautifully put. I love it. Um,
1: That's got me fired up. Part of the reason I asked that question is because I define freedom not in how much money I have. Yeah, a little bit where my time goes, but more where my mind is. Um, and, And what meant, am I completely consumed? Am I being driven without my... Um, consent mentally or things, stressors or whatever it is, or is my thinking being directed in a certain way without me knowing? So I'm curious from from your perspective, we're now in an age where information is absolutely everywhere. Everywhere. It's hectic. Um, What do you allow to be your information inputs? How do you filter out what you pay attention to, who you pay attention to? Because for me, if I'm not free in my
0: thoughts I can't be free anywhere else such yeah man yeah and and, and as I as you an- ask the question as I think about the answer like I think it's a super important thing to think about I don't know that I have the right you know the right approach but with the rise of social media as an example I do think you need to be careful you know what you what you read and what you you know take in so to speak for me social media are time capsules i adopted that you know 10 years ago where you know if you weren't went to my facebook page it's really going to be a time capsule for my kids that's 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 great that's incredible uh instagram sort of same thing linkedin to a lesser extent um you know but but all three are time capsules and i don't You know, I try not to uh, seek my knowledge through those channels. Um, And frankly, as a father, I've got two high-performance athletes as sons. I think one of the dangerous things for them is, you know, that sort of the comparison vice, uh, you know, that social media can really impose on them, which, you know, they see a video, a 30-second video of a kid that's their age, and he's doing awesome things, but they're not kind of realizing that's 30 seconds of a 30 minute game or whatever, where there was also multiple mistakes and, you know, all kinds of stuff that went on. So, you know, I think you just have to be careful. I think for me, what I really, really rely on is again, um, organizing my thoughts probably mostly through my email. Mm, That might sound weird, but like everything in my life is organized through like I, People love to text people love to i g message. I really, really value my inbox and organizing what i what flows in and what flows out through my inbox, including information which could be you know anything from setting a breakfast meeting uh where I'll learn a ton to you know to an article um that somebody sent me that i that I find interesting or important is something that you know either at the time or in the future will be important to me. So, you know, I don't, um, and then the sort of third leg of that would just be, you know, the rise of, of, of search. Right. I mean, you can literally, I was helping my son with his homework last night and I was so close to just like, I couldn't, I didn't have the answer to the question, which was way complex question for grade seven. Um, and my, you know, my hand started going to my computer to do a search. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And yeah I know
0: yeah. I could find the answer like in a minute. <laughs> that's not homework, right? And so, uh-huh. you know, making sure that you don't get into that habit, I think, is also important. However, what an awesome time to be alive, right? Like, really, like, think about all the things. I, my dad, you know, my mom, uh, were both educators, and you know, I think 50 years ago, you kind of chose your career, you chose your, your path, and you'd learn about that, and you'd master that, but with, in the day that we live now, like, you can know so much about so many things, and that's awesome, like, that's how so great awesome is that? that? That's like living, you know, that's like living five lives, yeah. right, like, really, over the course of your hundred years on the planet, all the things that you can, you can learn about, and you know, become kind of a quote unquote expert in. Uh um, right. I think it's really cool. We're we're really lucky. We are so
1: lucky. I mean, but trying to manage that, right? Everything's a gift and a curse. There's two sides to everything, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean and and I I get away with me personally. People will ask me things and I will just sound very confident. Even though <laughs> I maybe not
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, yeah. I can figure it out on the go or whatever. Yeah. And and I've actually gotten in the habit of of bullshitting too much. Of being too confident and and, because I'm uncomfortable with saying no I don't know right and then there's also the the whole fact of information is coming to us in such a way where you know it's I think Naval Ravikant said this where it's like don't don't give me the lecture give me the book don't give me the book give me the blog post don't give me the blog post give me the podcast don't give me the podcast give me the tweet in fact I already know don't tell me at all right yeah and it and that is cool but it's troublesome because as a as a young person and an entrepreneur i'm trying to constantly evaluate what's happening in the world what's coming next what's important what's not yeah and i imagine for someone in in your position who's already built gargantuan companies where the world is going what is happening and what is not happening what is real news and what is fake news is probably very very important which leads me to my next question which is i said i said i wouldn't talk too much about Uh, Indochino and all that but it's still so top of mind I'm infinitely curious um, whether it was early on with shop or whether it's Indochino now it's 2020 Mr. Drew Green where can we expect your energy and efforts to go in the next few years because now I'm just uh, there's so much
0: yeah yeah I mean that's uh, I've got I've got some uh, really really interesting plans. I would say for the next twenty years. I don't think in increments of six months or eighteen months um, too often beyond yeah. you know what's what's going on right now and what we have. I mean, there's definitely an amazing eighteen months ahead of us at Indochino. Uh, we're working on some things right now that has have got me you know more excited than ever. Uh, that can as big as we are and as far as we've come, you know, really create a legacy brand globally. And so we'll, we'll we'll see if we can get these things done here in the in the coming sort of, I'd say, six months, and then we'll be on our way. You know, I've got very specific goals that I want to achieve, I think, in the next sort of five years, uh, four or five years around some of the things I'm involved in. It goes back to my number one priority. I, I, I'd love to see both my son's you know, attend university and and you know get properly positioned for following the dreams that they have, which are very clear and very well articulated by them. Um, and then I've got this, I've got this thing I want to do that I'm not going to talk about today. Oh. Uh, that I oh. think is going to be uh, something that has never been done in Canada before. That is going to. Uh, leave an indelible mark on, on, on Canadian life and perhaps people globally in a very, very cool way. Uh, but it's a 20 year, even 25 year uh, goal that I'm working on now. You know, okay. I had a meeting on it last week with, with some of my partners and a firm we're engaged with on it. And uh, yeah, but that's going to be pretty exciting. And that's, you know, for me, that's something I, I want my sons closely involved with at, you know, whatever stage. Yeah. Um, but you know what, man, you said something earlier I don't want to let go of cause I think it's super important. You know, that, that notion of saying, I don't know. Ah, super, super, super important. And oh. I realize, and I know, you know, when you're young, you're, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about myself. So, you know, in your twenties, you almost feel like you shouldn't say, I don't know, or, Um, you feel, you know, I don't know if shy is the right word, but you feel like you're disadvantaged if you have a public display of like not knowing something. Well, what you realize is you get a bit older and I think is super, super important. There's a lot of power, a lot of power in saying, I don't know. And I think one of the things I remember hearing, you know, from somebody, you know, again, maybe 20 years ago. Hey man, like you're going to be an expert. You just need to know like 1% more than the next person to be quote unquote an expert. I hate that. I think that's totally, that's just totally false, man. Like there's so much to learn and there's so many amazing experiences out there to learn from and people and, you know, writings and books that it's actually a gift not to know. And, uh, wow. and the more you say that, like, and I do it now, like I, I'll do it with my team. I'll do it with my sons man, I'll do it every day. Like, I, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Right. Let me, let me, let me, let me think about that. Um, and that's probably what I do most is le- I don't know. Let me think about that. And there's a lot of power in that. Right. Because yeah. I, I, I think there's, you know, the bullshit meter is pretty high. In the Bullshit the meter rate. is at an
1: all time high, my friend. <laughs>
0: It's, it's at an all-time high. So I think the last thing you want to do is follow that trend and, you know, try to spout off something that you don't know. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I don't know. Let me think about that. I don't know. What do you think? Right. There's a lot of power in that.
1: Man, I, I love that so much. That's just, like, encouraged <laughs> me to, like, continue to, to use that. Another one that's been really helpful for me is if i'm sitting in a room with people i'm 23 right if i'm sitting in a room with people that are 30s 40s 50s 60s like i work in in wealth management so i'm i'm always the youngest person in the room yeah and so a lot of times if people know that i'm an extrovert i like to talk and sometimes people will say hey uh, joss you're being a little quiet do you have any thoughts to contribute and, and normally in the past, I would have been like, oh, absolutely. And just start rattling off stuff, yeah. like, you know, stuff that they already know, yeah because they've already done it. They've been there. But instead, rather than that, actually using that opportunity to go, well, no, actually, I'm just really um, excited and, and taking the opportunity to hear the experts speak and not wasting airtime on, you know, saying stuff that we we probably already know. And, and it's really humbling to be in this conversation. I'm just sitting in that. Yeah. And, and, and I was like that I said that naturally one time and I got a call after the meeting and they were like, Hey, that was incredibly powerful. I never would have thought you would have said that. Yeah. And so it's just great to hear you say something, you know, along those lines as well. So thank you for that. That, that actually hit home. No,
0: that's yeah. And I'll just, cause I've always been that guy. I've always been the youngest in the room up until a transition is happening where I'm, you know not necessarily the oldest in the room but i'm i'm kind of in the middle or or getting there and and i even think you know again i work with so many young entrepreneurs and i only say young because that's the fact they're in their yeah. their first or second venture not necessarily to do with their age um but i just find a lot of power in like not necessarily always telling them my view on things and really making sure that it is it's 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 a communication where they think about what their view of it is, right? Because as somebody that's experienced a lot and you know uh, has gone through a lot, I could sure answer you know a lot of these questions. But I, I do like pausing meetings and making sure that you know we hear we hear different people's view, and, and it's an interesting transition going from you know sort of youngest in the room. Um, Man, like I can remember being in board meetings in New York or in California in the Valley in my 20s, and you know, uh, just the 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 enormity of the people in the room. Um, and but what a gift, right? Like I just learned so much because, frankly, even at that time, I didn't, I didn't try to, you know, I didn't, I didn't know it all, so I didn't try to act like I knew it all. I wanted to learn, man, and that's that's super important.
1: Man, that's like, ah, still having that beginner's mindset, that learning mindset, At um, you know, after your, you know, whatever number of business venture this is for you is, is freaking incredible. Like, I'm my my business partner is in his 60s, and so I'm a successor, and his ability to ask questions is in freaking credible. Like, yeah. not just, yeah. like, the questions. Like, someone, every time someone asks a question, oh, my God, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that is like the greatest skill. And just to, to double back on what you're just saying about being in board meetings and, and being the youngest in the room, I've always been in the situation where that, that is the situation. Right. And I will always say, oh, someone passed the torch to me. I better go. I better yeah, say yeah, something. Yeah. I better impress. I better go. And now I'm thinking about, well, okay, what if you know, I'm sitting in a podcast with Drew Green or I'm sitting with whoever and, and they ask me a question And I actually just sit in it and use the, I don't know, I'm not sure I can follow up with you and get back to you on that. Yeah. Because everyone is so used to bullshitting now. It's almost like you can differentiate yourself by going the other direction. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and you're going to, like, I often find like if you, if you're, if you're asked something or. You know, you're asked to give an opinion on something and you're not quite like you're not quite there yet. It's it's really important to take that step back and to think about it, right? Because your mm-hmm. answer in twelve hours, twenty-four hours, thirty-six hours, after thinking it through, like it's always gonna be better. Totally. Totally. It always no, I couldn't
1: it. I couldn't agree more. Like so, on um uh, Kanye West did this uh gave a bunch of interviews right. maybe a year ago. Yeah. And he they'd ask him questions and he would just Pregnant pause, hold his face. Yeah. 30 seconds. Yeah. On national I Heart radio stations.
0: Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah.
1: Crazy stuff. And I just admired that so, so much. So it's, 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 it's rewired my thinking a little bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I really want to get into while I have you on the line here, Drew, is when I'm looking at your businesses, your life, your boys, the whole shebang. I look at this guy and I go, man, what an incredibly successful businessman. What, what a clearly, deeply philosophical, yet on the surface level, seem completely engulfed in business. And I want to ask him, well, which one of those two assumptions did I get wrong? Was it the, was it the deeply philosophical or was it the completely laser-focused businessman And which one of those two identities you relate more
0: to or see yourself in? I I definitely think it's the philosophical, um, you know, description or abstract. And anything in life, whether you have the goal of, you know, playing at the highest level in a sport or running a business or starting a business, focus is just like a given. Like, yeah, you have to you have to figure that out and and it is a part of it is a part of the competition set like I, I do believe the more you can focus in on on the goals that you have and the things that are required to achieve those goals that's just a that's kind of blocking and tackling you have to have that I think for right. me you know look man I've been in some really interesting situations and I've what I'm most proud of you know is I've always tried to hold help hold, hold my ground to what I believe in and um you know, if I've made a mistake, I always admit to it. If I believe that something is not right or not being done right or being done underhanded, quote unquote, or, or so to speak, you know, I just don't let, it, I don't let that go. And so having very, very clear view of what's important to me, I, I think there's, you know, I've got a company that's going public, uh, you know, in the next month or so and, Um, you know, it's going to be a great success. It's high growth. It's one of the fastest growing companies in Canada, profitable, uh, got tremendous, uh, news value once it does go public. And can you, can you drop a name here or not? I I, I can't, I can't, but that's a company where, you know, um, that's a company where, uh, you know, I could have probably profited from a lot sooner if I would have, uh, compromised my, what I believed was right. And, and I'm mm-hmm. proud that I didn't. And and here we are and, you know, probably end up in a better spot at the end of the, you know, at the end of the story. But it's, it's, uh, I think it's important to know what, wh- what is meaningful to you. Like those things I talked about working with great people, people that, you know, you respect and admire, um, is super important, and so knowing what is important to you is is really important, right? Like you got <laughs> to do it. You got to do it. Got
1: it. Got it. So yeah. it sounds to me when we talk about business ventures, strategic thinking, family life, it sounds to me like everything is coming back to parenting, and everything is coming back to multi generational, not wealth transfer, but knowledge transfer. It seems like that's the point, and and I don't want to put those words in your mouth, but when you look at everything that you're doing, huge successes everywhere that you look, and I'm sure some failures too. Yeah, Drew, what's the point of all of this?
0: Well, I think the you, you mentioned you know blueprint, or I kind of think about creating a blueprint for my sons. Like um, I shared a video with you or, or you maybe seen the video of my eldest son summer. Yeah. And, yeah. I
1: saw yeah, that. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, why did I create that video? Why did we go through this, the last six months that we went through? What an opportunity, right? Like the world, the world literally shut down, everything stopped. And instead of having 20 tournaments all over North America and four-day-a-week practices and his personal training and everything else, it stopped. Everything stopped. Couldn't get into gyms. Uh, outdoor courts were locked out, or the rims were taken the rims out. were taken off, yeah. So, hey, what an opportunity to create a blueprint for him and, and really, and both the boys, and to show them the importance of resilience, right? And so right. Um, I'm giving that example because I think everything for me is a little bit of that, which is, you know, I don't know what my sons are ultimately going to do. They've got goals, and I actually think they can achieve the lofty goals that they have in their professional sporting career. But, you know, they're going to have different goals. It's going to be starting a family. It's going to be, you know, whatever it is. And I want them to have a blueprint. Because, frankly, you know, and I want to say this with respect to my parents, but I, they gave me different things. They didn't necessarily give me the blueprint for... What I um, what I'm doing now, they gave me different um, uh, opportunities to learn, but I really would have appreciated a little bit of a blueprint, right? Um, <laughs> and so that's you know that's a big part of it. Why do I do what I do? I, I, I do believe you got to be happy. That's another thing. And frankly, I've you know there's been periods in my life where I wasn't happy, um, and to me. What I do, the way I do it, um, is it, it makes me and, and therefore the people around me happy. And so that word is really important, right? You got to be happy, man. Uh, going back to freedom. What is freedom? Well, big part of freedom is, is, is being happy. So totally that. Yeah. Wow. It's all so simple.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, like,
1: yeah. Uh, we, we overcome, <laughs> I mean, humans are so stupid, man. Um, that's great. That's, like, it's funny how truth, like, people always say cliches. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I grew up with a bunch of old, old people, like, 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah. and they would tell me cliches, and I'd be like, man, after all this, that's all you got? <laughs> but, like, truth is fundamental, truth is truth. You truth know? is truth,
0: and, and those cliches, like, if you really listen to them, and you really <sighs> think about them. man. They can, you know, back to my upbringing, like, I think one of the things I'm so grateful for, so I was, I was essentially an only child. I, you know, kind of have an adopted, uh, group of brothers. I've got a half brother, half sister, but I essentially grew up as an only, only child. And so, and a lot of those years I grew up at my grandparents' house and we would go out to like dinner, you know, all the time, Swiss, nothing fancy, right? Like Swiss LA and stuff like that. Uh, which is a well-known place on the East Coast. And uh, what a gift, man. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Folks in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 70s, and then even 80s, and just asking me questions and me asking them questions. I get to learn so much, probably, you know, in a way that has really benefited, you know, a lot of what the story's been so far and, and will be. I
1: love it. I love it. Drew, we got to let you go here. I have three questions uh that we've got from from listeners here that i promised i would ask you so i'm gonna bang them off real quick um first question we got here for you is um who is your favorite artist and is it 50 cent specifically
0: (laughs) oh man uh i'm a really really big fan of biggie so 50 Cent is amazing and he's done a lot of work with the brand um but i grew up with biggie man and that's you know Uh, that's somebody I really admire. I think the thing about artists though, is like, and maybe you've experienced this. some people just give you chills when they perform and I don't go to concerts. I'm not really a big concert guy, but I really admire Michael Jackson as well. Okay. You know, I'm not, that's not really my music. That's not really my thing, but the presence and the, like we were, it was a gift to watch that guy perform on TV or whatever. And I, you know, that's, that's pretty amazing, but Biggie's my guy. That's dope.
1: Biggie's my guy. Pac's my guy.
0: But yeah. I grew up with Fifth. I grew up with Fifth all the time. Read his book Fifty a lot. All that stuff. Fifty was my alarm clock in uh, in New York every morning. I got up for <laughs> a couple of years. I had Fifty playing, and it was uh, it was fun. So that is that is hype, man. That
1: that was my people say. Hey, are you excited to interview uh, Drew Green? And I was like, oh man, they've worked with Fifth. And I was hype about that, regardless of all the other stuff. Yeah. Anyways, uh, next question I got for you is, uh, what are the top three attributes that you look for in a new hire?
0: Uh, curiosity. Hmm. So that 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 when you were talking about, um, you know, the, your person you work with, um, his ability to ask questions, I think is a, a really big telltale sign of intelligence. And And, you know, being curious is super important to business because there's, like I said, you got a lot of problems to figure out every day. Uh, I think a degree of confidence, and I don't mean that by like kind of walking into the room and thinking you know it all, but but just really, you know, some people will call it swag. Uh, I just call it confidence, right? Um, kind of knowing who you are already and 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 being willing to, to improve is super important. And then the third biggest thing is, and you can't really figure this out, but I, I value this so much as loyalty. Hmm. So, you know, I think especially in this day and age, like everybody kind of expects it to happen in a week and a month and a year in two years, but great things take time. And, yeah. you know, if you can, you, if you can find a group to be loyal to, and that's loyal to you, I think that's a gift. So those are the three things curiosity, degree of confidence,
1: and loyalty. I love it. Last question for you. We are sitting here in September. The championship should have already been won. Uh, the Larry O'Brien Sharper Trophy should have already been on its parades, but it's not. We got four uh, teams left right now going on for the NBA, trying to fight for the NBA chip. Who's taking it home this year? Don't we have five?
0: Don't
1: we have five? We got Heat, Boston, and we got Rockets, Lakers, right?
0: No, we got uh, Heat, Celtics, Lakers.
1: Denver, oh, it game Seven?
0: Denver and Clippers.
1: Oh man!
0: Yeah, we got oh, Game seven coming up today. <laughs> so I think it's an okay. Easy who's bringing
1: Who's bringing home the chip? Who's bringing home the chip? Lakers, like obviously, Lakers. LeBron AD can't stop them.
0: Can't stop them. Won't stop them. Can't stop them. Won't stop. Him. <laughs> Have you been a Lakers fan since the jump? I have, I have I, my two teams. I'm kind of, you know, that's being Canadian. Your 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 gift is that you can, I can be a Yankees fan. I can be a Duke fan. Like you know, <laughs> I can be Patriots. Like how many Don't championships matter. have I won in you know thirty years? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and I, you know, what the Raptors are amazing, and I'm you know sad to see them uh, get out. But what a what an incredible couple years, right? So yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay, Drew, I love it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Um, before I let you go here, I, I wanted to, uh, to thank you profusely for taking the time. That means the world to us because time is our most valuable asset, absolutely. Um, and I also uh, wanted to pass on uh, a hello from Mr. Spate from uh, North Pole Hoops, uh, <laughs> who, 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 who told me to give you a shout out. I was on the phone with him
0: last week, and he was super excited we were sitting down. So he wanted to say hello and, and just send his love. Oh man, that guy's a real one, man. I, I appreciate that, and and I, I just enjoyed this conversation so much. So, thank, thank you, you very, thank you very much. Really appreciate. It.
1: Bite-sized under an hour. I know you guys would like that. So, if you want to find out more about Indochino, go go do your research on, on Drew, and and go check out some of the other podcasts that he's been on as well. I'm sure we can link one in the pod uh, in in the show notes the guy's business acumen is incredible. We didn't even have the time to get to it uh, too much in terms of actually the advanced, um, you know, more nuts and bolts of how business works. And, but I mean, that's all right. Go to the other podcast, check that out. I was so glad to get the philosophical story arc from Drew today. Guys, thank you so much uh, for, for checking it out. I want to remind you guys, uh, because we're still working with nature of work, that if you want to go ahead and Find a new baseline for what it means to be a high performer, uh, getting your technology and habits uh, in check, getting your sleep habits in check, uh, c- creating resiliency, allowing and scheduling time for creative thought. What can we actually do to make ourselves creative? What can we make, can we do to segment our focus blocks and, and actually get way more out of a day? Uh, go over to Nature of Work. They're doing this program called the Nature of Work Foundations program. I've talked about it before. Um. It's the new baseline for anyone I'm working with. You got to have your technology habits in check. You got to be able to focus, mono-task, and you got to be mindful. And you got to have you be able to win your day each day. These things matter. So, if that's something that you're interested in, a lot of our listeners are. Uh, there's a little community of us that uh, are kind of going through the program and, and talking with each other. And if you want to hop in on that, shoot me a DM. Ask me more about it. Uh, and if we have a good conversation about that, go over to uh, natureofwork.co. And uh, at checkout, just add in the code ThinkSpace10. We'll put this in the show notes. That's code ThinkSpace10, and you'll get 10% off that program. Uh, incredible team, Steve Rios, a previous guest. Very excited to uh, to be partnering up with him and offering this to our listeners. That's all for me today, guys. I really appreciate you. Let's go next week. I'll catch you guys back one more time again. Very exciting guest coming up, so we'll preview that in a little bit. Have a great week. Ciao.